and welcome to 1923 Main Street, home of the Daddy Daughter Disney Travel Podcast. We are your hosts, Mike Bellobradic and Amelia Bellobradic, the star. A bonjour et bienvenue at today's podcast. And why are we speaking French? Because today we are going to be talking about Disneyland Paris. <laughs> Did it sound like we set that up? All right, we are indeed. Today's topic is Disneyland Paris, and we're taking this from the perspective of Disneyland Paris for the Walt Disney World or Disneyland Traveler. So if you're planning a trip to Disneyland Paris, or you've been thinking about going to Disneyland Paris, or you're just wondering what Disneyland Paris is like compared to the parks in North America, we're going to talk about all that today uh, from our perspective. So to jump right in, I'm just going to talk about getting there. So we live in the Toronto area. We fly out of Eastern Time Toronto Airport. So typically you're going to be flying into Charles de Gaulle Airport in Paris from wherever you are in North America or wherever you're listening from outside in North America. So the first thing you're going to encounter likely is how you want to get to Disneyland Paris. It's not located right in the city it's not that far out, but it is somewhat, um, it feels isolated where you are. So um, there's a few ways you can get there. You can take the, this bullet train, the French TGV. You could rent a car or you can take a car service. So we weighed all these options and decided to go with a car service. And I'll tell you why I would recommend that way. You can take the train. Uh, it takes about 10 minutes if you get the high-speed train to Marne-la-Vallée, where Disneyland Paris is located. But one thing you should consider is when you're in the airport, you get off your plane, you get your baggage, depending on which uh, terminal you come in on, you're not necessarily close to where the train is. And do you want to be lugging luggage through an airport with kids in tow? Uh, <laughs> yeah, not really. So that was a big, uh, one of the big determiners for us. So the cost difference is not actually that great, but the, but the um, time difference is. So the train trip, let's say it's 10 minutes. And then once you get off the train, it's right on Disney property, but you, you'll, you'll have about a 15 minute walk at least to your hotel. And remember, you're pulling your bags around. The other thing is when you get on, I'm not sure if you've been on a French train, but if you have lugging your luggage up the stairs to the second car wherever you are and placing your bags places is not fun especially if you have a larger family in tow i know amelia is not a fan of dragging her bags around and she's also not a fan of uh, sitting on the bottom level so yeah so that that's one thing to consider so we went for the convenience factor and i have to say the service we went with was excellent so i'm not getting any uh, promotional uh monetization from this but i would highly recommend this inter-service prestige car service you i read about them online and they were amazing so they got us there quickly and ended up being about a 45 minute drive through the french countryside but you're going to get picked up right after you pick up your bags in the airport and you're going to get dropped off at the front door of your hotel with your bags. so it's super convenient drivers are great they told us a lot about the area so it was, it's really convenient when you go that route and what's actually really interesting is even though it is a long drive, if you're not from around there, there's some beautiful French homes or just looking around the countryside is that it's a very beautiful thing to look at when driving. 
Yeah, it's funny because a lot of it at the beginning is going through sort of farmer's fields and it felt like rural areas around our house. But as you get closer to the village where Disneyland Paris is located, you do start to see get the feel for the French houses, French countryside, you know, patisseries and bakeries and things like that. So uh, we, we enjoyed the drive and, you know, did not regret that at all and would do that every time going forward. Now, uh, where to say there are a number of Disney hotels on site and they're all fairly nice. We like to go upscale, so we stayed at, and I would also recommend, the Disneyland Hotel. Uh, we also stay club level at the Disneyland Hotel. It's called the Castle Club. And, um, you know, if you know Disney club level, they're fantastic. Um, but this one went above and beyond. As when you walk into the dining area for the club level, there are characters that you can meet and they're not at any cost. They're just there for free. And they're like the top-notch ones too. There's Mickey. There was Minnie. I remember seeing Pluto and Goofy. And it was I was very shocked to see that the first time because I was not expecting that. In fact, we... we so the hotel, the Disneyland Hotel, just to put it in perspective, is the equivalent of, say, the Grand Floridian at Walt Disney World or the Grand Californian at Disneyland. It is their top-notch hotel. It has a similar vibe to the Grand Floridian to it. It's not quite as big. It's sort of like just the main building of the Grand Floridian, but it's really nice, and you, you walk into the beautiful front lobby, and you do get whisked away immediately if you're in club level uh, to the club level area where you're checked in, and the people there were excellent. And Amelia's talking about, I mean, we weren't there five minutes and we just had, they said, go wait in the club level lounge while your room is uh, just getting ready. And the characters were in there. So five minutes in the hotel and we had a good solid half an hour with these characters. You you have so much time with them. You end up being the one going, listen, Mickey, I've got to go now. Uh, So it's a real bonus. That's something you don't get at any club level lounge in North America. That's for sure. But the club level is amazing, and one of the best parts about it is the Disneyland Hotel is literally, the back of it is in the park. So from club level, you take an elevator directly to the front gates of the park. Yeah, and I think that's really great if you have kids, because I, when we stay at the Contemporary or Bay Lake, I always hate walking to the parks and then you get to the parks and you have to walk. And even though it's fun, if you have like little kids or even kids that just get tired easily, it's really great because you're in your hotel, you take an elevator and then you're right there at the parks. Yeah, there's nothing like, you know, going down an elevator and you're literally 20 feet from the front gate. The other super bonus that you get when you stay club level there the fast pass system at disneyland paris is the old paper style so you sort of go to the ride put your card in you get a paper fast pass and it tells you when to come back when you stay in club level you get the vip fast pass at no additional cost or it's baked into the cost but the vip fast pass gives you just basically walk into any fast pass line you don't need a time you can go as many times as you want so it's an unlimited fast pass and uh, at Disneyland Paris that's fantastic because the other thing let's get into the size of it Disneyland Paris is similar to Disneyland Anaheim in that it's two parks and a small actually a very small we'll get into that uh, shopping area called the Disney Village 
So you really only need two or three nights there. Three nights at Disneyland Paris and you're good. You can see everything uh, even more so if you have uh, the VIP Fast Pass. So there's Disneyland Park, which the that hotel is backs onto. Then there is Walt Disney Studios. And then there is uh, Disney Village in between them. It's all easy walking distance, similar to Disneyland California. So everything's right, um, right at your beck and call there. However, the whole area is sort of isolated. There's not much to do around that. So I would suggest if you're, you're either going to want to go to France for you know, we'd go for two weeks and then we'll go down to Nice where I went to school and then we spent some time back in Paris. But even if you just went for a week, I'd say three nights at Disneyland Paris and then four nights in Paris and then fly home. I think that would make a great trip. Do you agree? Yeah, I agree a lot because Disneyland Paris is really fun, but you can do everything actually probably more than once within a three night stay because it's not very big. But what I did find was some of the rides I actually enjoyed more than in Disney World or in Disneyland. Okay, wait a minute. We're not there yet. So we're going to get into that. <laughs> You're jumping ahead. Oh, well, of course, you don't know what's in my head, so that's fair. Um, so, hey, let's talk about the parks. So we're going to start with Disneyland Park, which was the main original park. And um, what what did you want to say? Well, the main park is actually a lot bigger than the second park so yeah we'll get to that in a minute but Disneyland Park is it's their version of the Magic Kingdom and Walt Disney World or Disneyland Park in Anaheim it's similar but not exactly the same which is good Um, if you know either of those parks you will be able to muddle your way around generally it's not exactly the same but you won't be entirely lost Um, for example Tomorrowland is called Discovery Land there and it's on the right side of the entranceway and um, the park itself you know there's a few things I would say there's some things we enjoyed and some things that you should really be aware of so what should you be aware of as a North American Disney Parks traveler the first thing I'm gonna say is uh, from the cast members we noticed that uh, there's not quite the same amount of magic uh, to the way they interact with their guests they're not um, rude, rude or anything, but they're quite pleasant, but they don't have the same type of Disney magic as you're used to at Walt Disney World or Disneyland. I'll put it that way. Amelia, what else would you say? And another thing that the cast members do that's not as magical as Disneyland or Walt Disney World is they're not as like tight um, to what you're doing. Well, during the parades, there were people maybe hanging off of lampposts or standing on benches, which you don't see in Disney World or Disneyland. Yeah, I was going to get into that in terms of saying the, the types of rules that apply. I mean, as Amelia just said, I have some photos on my blog. It, it, can, can you imagine being on Main Street USA in Disney World and having someone standing on top of a garbage can or hanging off a light post to watch a parade, you know, they'd be, um, you know, directed to get down pretty quickly, whereas that was the norm in Disneyland Paris. And also a lot of cutting in lines, um, which you sort of have to get used to. It's just uh, rules are not as strictly as enforced there for sure. That's what I'd say. So you really notice that when you come from the North American parks 
where there's, you know, a, a more noticeable sort of cultural Disney magic uh, and rules are, um, you know, enforced more closely. I'll just put it that way. The park itself, however, is pretty good. I really enjoyed it. Here's one thing I do want to say before I forget. It's expensive. So if you think Walt Disney World is expensive at the top level, you know, you're going to be surprised by the pricing of Disneyland Paris. Right from the uh, hotel rooms to, to the food. Popcorn stands. There was a box of popcorn which cost, I believe, eight euros. Which is no, pop- it's about six euros. Oh, so yeah. it's about six euros around eight to ten dollars American. Canadian or American, yeah. yeah. Like it's uh it, it's not cheap. So it is an expensive vacation. Uh, just to bear that in mind. So don't think you're gonna be saving any money there. Uh, I, I was surprised at that personally. Um there are there are a lot of similar rides, there are a lot of different rides, but there's a couple of I think two of our favorite rides of all are at Disneyland Park in Disneyland Paris. Right? Yeah. Can you name those, Amelia? Yeah, so the first one and these are both better in my opinion than the originals at either Disneyland or Disney World. And they are Space Mountain and Big Thunder. So Big Thunder and Space Mountain have always been favorites of mine because they're somewhat classic. And Big Thunder in Disneyland Paris, it's longer and there's more turns and there's a slightly different story. But it makes it so much more interesting. And the other ride, which was Space Mountain in Disneyland Paris, it's Hyperspace Mountain. And what's really cool about it is there's like a rocket launch. And what I didn't know until I was watching the Imagineering story is that it was actually the first ride to have a rocket launch actually even before a rock and roller coaster. And what's different about it is Disneyland Paris Space Mountain actually goes upside down. And I didn't know that when I went on it and I put the bars down and I was like oh does this go upside down because I had no idea and then it did so that was actually a really cool surprise that I had no idea about yeah those are two amazing rides for sure and the big thunder I mean I that's that was I think my favorite I just wanted to go on that again and again it feels like it's twice as long and twice as raucous so the you know hang on to your hats and glasses you, you really need to on that one it's great and then there's Phantom Manor their version of Haunted Mansion, and a lot of the other classic rides you're used to, and some different ones. But those two are real standouts for me. Um, Another thing that's a little bit different is they seem to have sort of strange hours for their food carts or coffee carts. They seem to be randomly open and closed and, you know, in the middle of the day or early in the morning, you can't find a coffee, especially in Walt Disney Studios that we'll get to in a minute. Yeah. Or carts are just nobody's at them in the middle mm-hmm. of the day where when it's fairly cl- crowded. Um, the crowds there, by the way, we were there uh, last most recently in the summer, so the height of the tourist season. And by North American Park standards, it was empty. So it was not crowded at all. So that was a bit of a, a shock to us how much room. It was great. Um, there was a lot of room to move around, but uh, we, we expected it to be busier. Now, dining. There's two restaurants I would recommend personally. You're going to read different things. I know everybody has different opinions, but uh, we do a lot of Disney dining. What did you want to say? Oh, a lot of Disney dining. And there's two I'd recommend. The first is Waltz on Main Street USA. 
Walt's is, as the name suggests, uh, themed after Walt Disney. And the restaurant itself is beautifully adorned. It's old style with a lot of original Walt Disney memorabilia in it. Did you like Walt's, Amelia? Yes, I actually loved it because even before you go out to the restaurant, because naturally at any restaurant that's fancy, there's going to be a little bit of a wait. And even in the downstairs waiting room, there's so much. I felt like I was at a museum with all Walt's history and everything. It was amazing. And I saw, because I'm younger, I didn't even know what it was, but it was actually this thing that you can spin and you can watch like a cartoon Mickey dance. And I'd never seen that before. It was really cool. Yeah, it was one of Walt's original, um, or Walt Disney's original Mickey cartoon makers where you turn the crank to make it. It's, it's really cool. And as Amelia was just alluding to, you actually go upstairs to the dining area, which is, you know, old style um, decor. But it overlooks either Main Street USA or the side street that it's on. And it's, you know, it's, it's really cool. Now, I've read a lot of reviews, as I always do. Personally, I loved our food. We really enjoyed it, all three of us. Um, I thought the food was great. I thought the service was great. I'd go back again, and I would recommend it. And something I want to add, sometimes at these fancy restaurants, you would think the like, your kids might get bored. But what was really cool is they had sort of this kids member menu thing where you could fold it into like one of those cootie catcher things and it was trivia about Walt and they showed you how to fold it and everything and it was actually really cool because I was not expecting to have something for the kids at an upscale restaurant like that. Yeah it was great and then our second one that I really love is called Auberge Cendrillon and that is really their version of Cinderella's royal table. However, it is not in their castle. It's located in a separate area, and it is, you know, I really enjoyed it too. The food there was really good. We went for lunch. I'd recommend going for lunch, book early, try to get the first uh, appointment. You meet the Disney princesses, and it's interesting if you're from North America because they all speak with British accents, so that's sort of different. Um, And you meet the mice from Cinderella. So that's fun. Uh, Did you like it there? Yeah, I loved it there. And the food was actually really great. And what was interesting is they had a few different characters than in Walt Disney World, like you mentioned, the mice. And I was not expecting that. And it's cool to see. And there was even some different princesses, which is nice because you love Cinderella's Royal Table, but you kind of get used to certain princesses. And it's really cool to see different ones. And another thing I do want to add, well, why wasn't it in the castle? And their castle is kind of like a story in a sense. Because under the castle, they have like Maleficent's dragon, which you can go and see. Yeah, that's really cool. There's a dungeon beneath the castle and the dragon is life-size and interacts with you. And the castle itself... Yeah, there's no dining in it, but there are shops, upscale crystal shops and jewelry. And it's a, it's a really beautiful castle. I love the way it's laid out, too. It's sort of up on a berm. One thing I didn't love, another thing I didn't love, is their nighttime show. I know some people love it. From the club level lounge in the Disneyland Hotel, you can go in at night and look straight down Main Street and the castles at the end, and you can watch the show from there. But it's too much of the 
sort of projection laser and hardly any actual fireworks, which in my opinion, I, I didn't enjoy it, especially from a distance. I prefer a broader mix. I really like the traditional fireworks myself, but... Yeah, and also, if your kids want to see it, it's late. It's at like 11. And if it's your first night, there's even a time difference. So you might have to wait because... If you have little kids, you might not be able to see it because it's really late at night. Yeah, that's true. It's late. But it is handy just to be able to walk from the lounge and get a good view. They pipe the music in, of course, so you don't have to actually go, even though it's right outside your door. Uh, you can just watch it from inside the room. Next, we are going to talk at what? She's pointing at something. You can talk because I don't know what the pointing means. Okay. So another thing I wanted to talk about as we were talking about how you could see it in the club level lounge, that hotel is great. It's grand. It's like you said, the equivalent of the Grand Floridian. But what was actually really shocking is their pool. Oh, that's true. I was going to yeah. Most of the hotel was excellent, but this was, I'll let you talk because you spent time in the pool. I did not. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Their pool, it was, it's not what I was expecting. I was actually shocked at the quality of the pool because it's an indoor pool, which is kind of weird because, like, it's sunny when most of the time. Well, it is cooler there in the winter, but I think it was small, right? Like a lap Mm. pool. Yeah, and it was, they dug the hole very deep. It was a very deep hole, but they didn't fill the water all the way. So it was only like half full. So then you'd have to like climb up a ladder. And I didn't really feel like it was a very nice indoor pool either. And there was barely any seating in there. So I was in the pool and my mom has to wait outside. And even one time we met friends and we were kind of getting bored of the pool because it's not very like interesting. It's small. It's very small. And even their hot tub is very like it's not that hot even and so we went outside to play and they have this big grassy field and then we went on there and there's like rocks underneath the grass so it's kind of hard to play on so the pool area is probably the one blemish on the hotel yeah it's not up to par i think there are nicer pools at some of the other hotels there um but their nicest hotel or their most expensive at least um yeah that's one area where it's lacking so Let's talk about the second park. So a lot of things um, were made clear again when I was watching the Imagineering story recently, and they talked about Walt Disney Studios Park. So Walt Disney Studios Park is the second park, and it is a really an odd place. It's, it's the most unlike any Disney park I've ever seen. It's not well laid out. There are vast open spaces. Um, you really don't get a sense of... Uh, Disney Park feeling at all. It uh, now I know since Disney has t- taken back control of Disneyland Paris, they are making efforts to upgrade that park. But that now there are some good attractions in Walt Disney Studios Park, and it's only about a five minute walk from the hotel. That is where the Ratatouille ride is located. Uh, Rock and Roller Coaster, which is currently being rebranded, is in there. Um, Tower of Terror is in there. So. There are things to do there, but as a Disney park, we were in there. Oh, and Crush's um, 
coasters in there as well. Yeah, which you didn't go on, which was actually quite fun. <laughs> Too much spinning and coastering for me. It's one of those coasters where it's actually one of the few that do not have fast passes. So it's like a roller coaster ride where the cart actually spins in circles while you do it. Um, but it's anyway, it looks fun. It's popular. There is no fast pass. So we went early so Amelia could uh, get in line for that. And then there was, you know, you'd think, I'm in France, I'd like a coffee in the morning. There was no coffee to be had in Walt Disney Studios Park in the morning, which was the strangest thing to us. So hopefully they're going to fix up that park, but as it stands. Now, what I was getting to earlier, I know I heard in the Imagineering story, just to close this out, that uh, this was in the Michael Eisner era. They had They were under contract to build a second park and they were right up against the time running out on their contracts. So they literally threw that park together without a lot of money and a lot of thought. And it really shows. Now they did turn California Adventure around. So, you know, we're hopeful they're going to do the same thing for Walt Disney Studios Park. In between the two parks. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what What is the big sigh for? Well, in between the two parks, there is incense. Disneyland well, Paris is Disney Disney, Disney Village. The Disney Village, yeah. It is incredibly small. It is probably half the size, if not less, than the one in Disney World. There is Oh no, it's it's uh, a quarter of the size of the one in Disneyland, I would say. Yeah. It's very small. There's there's really not much to do there at all. There are a few shops, a couple of restaurants, but the thing about, uh, which leads to the thing about nighttime. So, um, you know, after nine o'clock, the parks close early. Um, the whole area basically shuts down. There's really nothing to do at night. Uh, even that uh, village was, you know, pretty sparse. So um, three nights there is uh, is plenty, I would say. Yeah, there's not a lot to do after hours. But overall, I, uh, you know, I like Disneyland Paris. Now, would I go back? Now, my wife, Amelia's mother, she said, no, I'm good with the one visit. I don't think I'd want to go back there. I think I would go back again, but I don't think I would make um, a special trip to go back there necessarily. Uh, at least not right away. Maybe once they've upgraded and added uh, the Avengers campus to Walt to Walt Disney Studios and things like that, then there might be a reason to go back. But um, it, it was great to see. What are your thoughts? Yeah, well, I would definitely go back there. But like you said, I wouldn't go back there solely to go to Disneyland Paris. I'd have to go to Paris or Nice or some other little French town because it is definitely fun, but I do definitely prefer Anaheim or Orlando over it, even though it does have amazing Big Thunder and the best Space Mountain, which is probably my favorite ride ever. Yeah, I'd agree. Now, I, I'll, I'll say, just going back to, um, if you are planning to visit France and make this, if you've never been, definitely go if you're a Disney Parks plan because it's very cool to see. But I would suggest doing it on the front end of the trip so that wherever you come back from or if you're in Paris you're close to the airport for your trip home um, as opposed to having to make your way back from Disneyland Park it's not impossible but it's more convenient in some ways to be in the city and um, head out from there 
So I think that's all we're going to have to say for our uh, episode on Disneyland Paris today. We hope you've enjoyed that. As always, if you have any questions or any comments or you'd like us to talk about anything specific on the show, please feel free to email. We love hearing from you. If you have any questions about Disneyland Paris that we can answer, send those along as well. In the show notes, be sure to check those out. I did do a lot of blog posts on the various elements of the park and the dining and the club level. So I'll link to those in the show notes so that you can have that follow-up information there as well. And uh, if you've been, let us know your thoughts because I know people have different thoughts. That's what makes us Disney fans <laughs> the great. We never agree on everything. Amelia and I don't necessarily agree on everything. Sometimes we do, sometimes we don't. But that's the whole point of this podcast. You get my perspective, the right one, and, and the kid's mine. perspective. The better one. Oh. <laughs> so listen, thank you for joining us here today. Hope you enjoy the rest of your day and let the magic be with you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.